This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. Putin's not got a free shot on all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. It's Friday, September 15th, year of our Lord, 2023. By now, you've probably discerned it's not Stephen K. Bannon hosting. It's Natalie Winters, the co-host and executive editor of this wonderful show, filling in for the hour. I think Steve will be back for the 6 p.m. show. But in the meantime, we have a lot of wonderful guests, a lot of news to get to. And I know you guys listen to that intro probably religiously every day. And there's a word in there or a phrase, the primal scream of a dying regime. And it's such a good phrase. But it's all the best, I mean, all the better of a phrase, because what we're hearing right now coming out of the White House, coming out of Democrats in the House and the Senate in Congress is just that, the primal scream of a dying regime. Frankly, when you hear the quote, no evidence, I'm sure you guys have heard that quite a few times on the mainstream media when they talk about impeaching Joe Biden. That's just the latest iteration of, you know, 15 days to slow the spread, safe and effective COVID vaccines, Black Lives Matter, the Ukraine war, you name it is an informational insurgency for your brain, frankly, for your tax dollars, for money and power in this horrible city that is Washington, D.C. And you know what I have to say to the mainstream media when they say there's no evidence of Joe Biden's corruption and bribery and treason and Hunter Biden's fair violations, you name it, and I'm not just talking about the gun crimes. Listen to them in their own damn words. Raheem Kassam and I, two years ago, over two years ago, broke the story where Hunter Biden admitted to being in business with the, quote, effing spy chief of China and email after email has shown Joe Biden's intimacy and way too close proximity to all of those deals, calling in not to discuss the weather, but to discuss how to best and most efficiently sell out this country, the poster child for what is the managed decline of the United States. And thank you, Darren Beatty, for giving me just enough time to get a little rant, and I know Steve's been ranting a lot, so I have to do my best. And I also, just real quick, have to explain the shirt. It says, dump him. And while I love wearing Juicy Couture, it was at Steve's request, and it has to do with Kevin McCarthy, because he is the textbook example of controlled opposition. We need a motion to vacate. We need that man who has done absolutely nothing. Any subpoenas for Hunter Biden flying? I don't think so. Any commissions on election integrity? I don't think so. An absolute sham of a Republican. But I guess that's what we're used to up here in Washington, D.C. All that aside, I think we have Darren J. Beatty on the line. Speaking of the way the regime is weaponized against us, I would love you to unpack the latest in Michigan with the latest, uh, or rather the last three men to stand trial for the whole Whitmer kidnapping plot uh, being found not guilty on all counts. Absolutely, and it's great to be here as always, especially on a Friday evening. 
afternoon. <laughs> and yes, indeed, this was great news. Uh, total vindication, uh, final nail in the coffin for the precursor to the Fed surrection, which is the notorious and disgraced Fed napping plot, the kidnapping plot of the uh, of the governor of Michigan that turned into turned out to be a complete entrapment operation, which Revolver reported on from the very, very beginning. And this latest trial ended up not guilty all around. And in fact, originally, some of the quote-unquote masterminds, there was a hung jury. The feds couldn't even get a conviction there, but that was too embarrassing for the regime to sustain. So they retried until they could get a conviction. And unfortunately, they got a conviction on some of them. But if people want to read the details, go to some of the earlier revolver.news pieces and the parallels between the Michigan Fed napping plot and the Fed surrection of January 6 are striking. And we were the first really to point out these parallels, including the fact that of the 20 some uh, alleged plotters, uh, over three fourths of them were either informants or actual undercover agents. And the story of the undercover agents involved in the Fednapping uh, Fed case is just a scandal unto itself. You had one kind of seemingly roided out nut job who was taken off of the case. One of the senior agents who ended up getting taken off because he just beat the hell out of his wife on the way back from a swingers party. This is the, the quality of agent that they assigned to the case. One of the lead agents. There was another agent who had to recuse himself or wasn't able to testify because he was moonlighting as a private security um, type, but kind of common grift amongst these national security types as they do the private security firm. And what he was doing is moonlighting at that without telling his superiors, that's what we say, it could be something else where they knew about it and they were using this to launder information. But what he did was he publicly leaked details about many cases, including the Michigan case, to the internet in order to promote his uh, private contracting company. So this guy wasn't able to testify, he was taken off. Um, there was a big scandal with one of the um, undercover guys. There, you know, there are instances where there is a call, car full of these alleged plotters, and like three out of the four people were either informants or undercover agents. It's just like a beyond parody situation. It's like one of those Babylon B skits about, you know, the everybody in the room is a Fed. That's what this was. And so that was pretty remarkable. Um, it wasn't just a kidnapping plot. Many people don't know this, but it also involved a plan to storm the Michigan State Capitol. Interesting parallel there. It also involved many of the key militia groups imputed to January 6, including the three percenters. So you had a lot of the same militia groups. You had a storming the capital element of it. Um, and maybe the most remarkable thing that Revolver.News is the first to report, and we've only now fully understood its significance, is that the man who oversaw this absolutely bungled and disgraced um, entrapment operation, Stephen D'Antuono. He was quietly promoted after this whole saga occurred, after the arrests occurred, to run the Washington field office. Of all of the agents that then uh, of the FBI director Christopher Wray could have chosen 
for the coveted position of leading the Washington field office. He chose the guy who oversaw the Michigan entrapment operation with striking parallels to January 6th. And this is the person who oversaw the Washington field office in the months leading up to and months after January 6th, and who incidentally became the public face of the pipe bomb investigation. So there are a lot of really interesting connections here that are worth revisiting in light of this very happy, not guilty verdict. So I congratulate the jury on making a sound decision. Not only, not always an easy thing to do in the light of the nonstop barrage of propaganda that's coming from the media demonizing these people. So there are still certain, uh, certain instances where the rule of law can slip through the cracks of our now utterly corrupt um, justice system. It's so in your face, frankly. It's it's almost as in your face as the fact that we have Zelensky. He's going to be visiting the White House and Congress, I believe, next week to beg to dance for twenty, I believe, billion dollars uh, of aid more because apparently the hundreds of billions that have come previously just weren't enough. But when you sort of contextualize the 20 billion with all they've gotten, it's not really that much money. Um, also interesting development today. They appointed a, a long time, long term Democratic uh, appointee, the actual secretary of commerce under Barack Obama and the sister of Illinois Governor Pritzker, her name is Penny Pritzker, but she is going to be the special representative for economic recovery for Ukraine. That's the latest appointment by Joe Biden. Darren, you're always good at, you know, making things make sense, as Steve says. I'd love for you to just sort of walk through the timing of why you think Zelensky is coming over now. Do you think it links to the potential impeachment inquiry? You know, what the heck is a special representative for economic recovery uh, for Ukraine? Can you sort of just, as Steve would say, make all of this make sense if you can, which I don't know if you actually can because it's not supposed to make sense. Right. No, it's pretty remarkable. And, you know, Ukraine has always been a cesspool of corruption. That's why it's so important, as it's so important geopolitically to the globalist American empire, precisely because it's a cesspool of corruption and has served as a kind of playground for the various illicit activities of our um our decadent uh, elite and the regime leaders. And, you know, now is no exception. Uh, we, or we, by we, I mean the regime stakeholders are doing everything that they can in order to preserve this position for uh, Ukraine. And there's a whole new universe of potential grift that comes in the kind of rebuilding operations of Ukraine. And so, all of these things are implicit in the positions that you describe, the grift of the war and then the second grift of the recovery. And the same people are going to feed in both of those troughs, I'm sure, until they're very well fed and engorged indeed. And so that's what I expect here. And speak of engorged, it seems like Zelensky himself is insatiable. How many rounds of 100 billion there, 50 billion there, 20 billion there? It's really incredible that, you know, we're not seeing, <laughs> you know, for all of these billions going into it, Ukraine should be Singapore by now. You know, where where is all of this money going? And, you know, Zelensky doesn't even have to say please. You would think that Biden would at least make him twerk for it because there is video of Zelensky twerking 
you'd think he'd at least make him twerk for it, but he doesn't even have to say please. He just comes, he shows his face, he wears his fake, you know, camouflage gear because he's such a, you know, military hero. That's how they present him. And, you know, we stuff, we stuff another $20 billion down his pants. So it's, it's been a disgrace for a long time. Um, it's not clear when this is going to end. And it's not more than a disgrace, really. It's more than just a waste of money. What this means is a prolongation of needless death and suffering on both sides of this conflict. So it really is um, kind of a disgusting glimpse into the dark corners of human nature of war profiteers and various corrupt uh, scumbags um, all around and from the Ukraine side and from the United States. Trump had the art of the deal and Zelensky, I think, has the art of the grift down to a very exact science. Darren J. Beatty, unfortunately, we got to let you go. We got a lot of more people we got to get to. But in the meantime, if people want to stay up to date with everything that is coming in white hot at Revolver, where can they find you and where can they get the site? Revolver.news. We have a white hot piece on the great tennis champion Djokovic which is really getting some good circulation. We have the latest on the Fednapping verdict and much, much more. So go to revolver.news and we have something soon coming up on a transgendered American woman who is now the spokesperson for the Ukrainian military. I was hoping we can get to that, but maybe next time, because it is a story absolutely worthy of our country and our time. You know it's a good news cycle when the transgender Ukrainian military spokesperson gets pushed to the side because we have too much to get to. Dr. Darren JBD, thank you so much for joining us. And Warren Posse, don't go anywhere because we still have a packed show. We got Joe Allen, Garrett Ventry, we're going to have Dr. Naomi Wolf, EJ Antoni. But just remember, like I said when I opened this block, when they say no evidence, don't even take my word for it. Don't take Steve's word for it. Take Hunter Biden's own word. Listen to the recordings from the laptop where he admits to being in business with criminal elements of the Chinese Communist Party, the same Chinese Communist Party that has openly declared war against us, against the United States, a people's war, which has to do with all various aspects of warfare, not just kinetic warfare, although I'm sure throwing a few Chinese spy balloons just for fun. But just remember... As I broke a few months ago, CEFC China Energy, the main Chinese Communist Party business partner, the Biden family, their deleted website admitted to wanting to wage war against the United States. Now, if there's not more of a clear-cut definition of treason and traitors than the Biden family, then I don't know what is. We'll be right back after this break. The former KGB colonel, Vladimir Putin, who, by the way, is no friend of the United States, called the U.S. dollar's drop in dominance objective and irreversible during the recent BRICS conference in South Africa as Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa formally agreed to use local currencies instead of the U.S. dollar. It's the first shoe to fall. We call this the de-dollarization movement. Now, as demand for the dollar weakens, the buying power of the dollar weakens. That is why Birch Gold Group is busier than ever. Investors and savers are looking to harness the power of physical gold held in a tax-sheltered IRA. 
text Bannon, that's B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898 for your free info kit on gold. With thousands of happy customers, an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and countless five-star reviews, you can count on Birch Gold to help you navigate transitioning an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. As the U.S. dollar continues to receive pressure from foreign countries, digital currency, and central banks, arm yourself with information on how to protect your savings. Text Bannon to 989898. That's Bannon at 989898 to claim your free information kit. Use your agency. Do it today. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Welcome back to the war room. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I subscribe to the train of thought that if something is so great for me, i.e. COVID vaccines, you shouldn't have to force me or mandate me into taking them. And I think the same goes with Bidenomics. If it really is such a wonderful economic approach, economic strategy, I don't know why Joe Biden has to staunchly defend it so frequently and so often. Yesterday, he put out this huge event, this huge press conference where he tried to draw the distinction between Bidenomics and Maganomics. I'd take the latter any day, um, but especially today, um, because we're going to have E.J. Antoni, I believe he's up, joining us to discuss what is a new low, or maybe high, I guess, of $100 billion in losses by the Fed. And I'm not talking about another $100 billion aid package to Ukraine. Um, E.J., it seems like today, of all days, it's interesting that Joe Biden would be defending Bidenomics so staunchly uh, because Powell and all the geniuses, all the you know experts that we have to trust over there um, have just hit a new low. If you want to walk us through that, I'm sure the audience would appreciate it. Certainly. Well, Natalie, thank you so much for having me. You know, people don't realize it, but the Fed actually makes money, or at least it does under normal operations. And the reason for that is because when the Federal Reserve uh, buys debt securities, that could be things like a, a treasury bond bill or note or even something like a mortgage-backed security, whatever the case may be, when it buys those things, it does so with money that it simply creates out of nothing. So the point is, it costs the Fed nothing to acquire these things, but then it turns around and uses that money to buy an asset which is going to uh, essentially provide it with an income. Now, what it's supposed to do is turn that income over to the Treasury. It's something called remittances. And you know this, this is something that's even baked into the Congressional Budget Office's uh, estimates for the, the annual deficit, for example. Uh, and what we've seen over the last uh, couple of years now is that those remittances have essentially gone away. In fact, not only have they gone to zero, they've now gone to negative $100 billion. That's billion with a B. Now, how on earth did the Fed, an institution that can create its own money, manage to not just lose a little bit of money, but this volume? Well, what, what the Fed has been doing, and this is something that we've talked about before, is they are now paying banks hedge funds, large uh, insurance companies, uh, really anyone who has a, a large amount of cash, it could be money market funds, you name it, these different financial institutions are being paid interest by the Federal Reserve in order to keep money sidelined and out of the economy. Now, why on earth would we want to do that? This is the Fed's way of trying to fight inflation. So inflation was caused because the Fed created money for the government to spend. 
right? That is the that is the one and only cause. That is why we have inflation. The government is spending, borrowing, and printing too much money. The logical thing to do would be for the Fed to simply say, okay, we created too much money for the government to spend. Our bad. Now we're going to take back some of that money. In other words, we're going to reduce how much money we're giving to the government. That's what the Fed has done in the past. That's what Paul Volcker did in the 1980s under Reagan, and it cured the inflation problem very, very quickly. Today, however, Powell and company are trying to do the opposite. They're trying to continue to give all this money uh, to the government to spend, but at the same time bring down inflation. So what they're doing is they're sucking all of this liquidity out of the private sector, and to make that happen, again, they are literally paying private institutions not to lend money. So that's driving up interest rates for uh, for us, whether it's for a mortgage or for credit cards, student loans, auto loans, you name it. Any kind of borrowing that you're trying to do today has become more expensive because the Federal Reserve is sidelining literally over five trillion dollars worth of cash. But they're only able to do that, again, because they are paying these institutions not to lend it out. How much are they paying? Over $700 million a day, every day. Over the course of a year, this is costing them uh, over $280 billion. And so once you rack up all of these losses, you find out that the Fed is paying interest at a higher rate than what it's making on the securities that it owns, which means it's operating at a loss. So all for all of the criticism that has been levied at the regional banks who have gotten into a very similar situation and which has caused several of these regional banks to collapse this year, we should remember that the Fed was the first of all the banks in the country to get itself into this kind of mess. And this doesn't even include uh, the losses on the Fed's balance sheet. This is just operating losses. Natalie, if you want to include the uh, the losses that are on the Fed's balance sheet that haven't been realized yet, it's a trillion and a half dollars uh, of additional uh, losses there. So when, when I say unrealized, by the way, that's like if you or I, Natalie, go and buy a stock and the stock goes down, that is an unrealized loss. Um, when we actually go and sell it, then we realize the loss. That's when we actually lose the money technically. But if you just want to look at it on paper, those losses are still there. And so the idea that, that somehow the Fed is this magical lender of last resort and can rescue all of these banks that have gotten themselves into these terrible predicaments, nothing could be further from the truth. The Fed itself is hemorrhaging cash. The Fed itself is insolvent. You know, we like to give you the signal and not the noise here in the war room. And a lot of that has to do with, you know, deconstructing the way that the left, the establishment builds these narratives. And there's been an interesting surge in stories in the mainstream media just in the last day. I'll give you some of the headlines again. Suspend the disbelief. But in The Guardian, you got U.S. economy going strong under Biden dash Americans don't believe it. And USA Today, if the economic statistics are good, why do Americans feel so bad? And there's a bunch of articles like this basically calling us average every day. Americans who can see through the spin, see through the horrible uh, daily press briefings that the White House is putting out and the, you know, PowerPoint presentations about why Bidenomics is so awesome. Uh, the proof is in the pudding, and I'm not talking about the pudding that Joe Biden eats, but people can see it. They feel it every day. Just go to the gas pump. Just buy, try to buy groceries. But EJ Antoni, your sort of thoughts on this new media spin that 
the economy's great. People are just sort of out to lunch. They don't really know why there's such a disconnect. Are there any numbers to substantiate those claims? Or, as always, are the American people right? Oh, no, the American people are 100 percent right here. And I think one of the things that that clearly indicates that is the fact that you have so many of of these political pundits and and so-called economists who are frankly disgraces to the profession who are making these claims that the economy is somehow great, except they themselves don't have the data to back it up. They themselves can't point to the numbers that indicate that this economy is just rip-roaring like it was in, in 2019, for example. And so, you know, Natalie, if I can use a football analogy, in the first few weeks of, of the season, which is where we are right now in the NFL, you know, you will you will hear commentators say things things like, oh, this particular team is better than their record or they're worse than their record. In other words, may, maybe they have a, a, a fluke couple of weeks or maybe they faced teams that are particularly difficult or particularly easy, and so a team may look better or worse than it actually is. But that's not where we're at right now. We're at the 15th or 16th week of the season, and it's pretty clear that however good or bad a team is, is reflected by their record. We have had Bidenomics for long enough to be able to render a judgment on it, and that judgment, frankly, is failure. If you, if you look at uh, the labor market, for example, it's very clear based on the pre-pandemic trends that between four and a half and five and a half million people are missing from the labor force right now. That gives us a real unemployment rate, not of three percent or three and change like it is right now, but over six percent. On top of that, look at what people are actually bringing home in their paychecks and what those paychecks can buy. It's true that the, the typical American family has seen their weekly paychecks grow by about $230. That's absolutely true. But the problem is those larger paychecks buy about $100 less. That's every week. This is costing a, a typical family about $5,200 a year under Joe Biden. That's not a success. That's a failure. In my opinion, the definition of Bidenomics should be as follows. If you commit treason, if you commit bribery, if you commit human trafficking, if you commit FARA violations, if you commit a whole host of other illegal offenses, we'll only charge you for gun crimes. That sound familiar to anyone? I think that's maybe a better definition or motto for what Bidenomics is. EJ and Tony, thank you so much for joining us. If people want to stay up to date with your very in-depth and you always do a good job of explaining it to me and the football analogies, too, because sometimes I need help with that. Um, where can people find you? Best place to find me is going to be on X at Real EJ Antoni. EJ, thank you so much for joining us. Thank now, you, Joe Allen has joined me in studio. It's always exciting. And he can see the clock, so he knows we only have two minutes. But... I'll give you a chance to start the opening salvo about how the Pentagon is funding studies that can read our texts if we, quote, violate social norms. Uh, yes, I, I would <laughs> like to say this is news. Uh, it shouldn't be news to anyone who has been paying attention since, uh, I don't know, say 9-11. Um, it, this is really, you know, we talk a lot about radical technologies here. Uh, we talk about artificial intelligence. We talk about brain-computer interfaces, genetic engineering. I would say the most radical technology to be introduced in American society as of right now is the 
black <laughs> monolith that everyone carries in their hands. Uh, this, of course, comes out of the military. All of the technologies, or most of the technologies in the iPhone, were first developed in the military and integrated by Apple before being released 2007, deployed on the population. And um, we'll talk a little bit about some of the uses that this smartphone has now. You're already violating social norms. That's my, that's my gig. <laughs> the, the Pentagon is going to be very mad. I remember, I think about a year ago, we'd also broke the story that the Pentagon was funding studies researching how to, quote, pre-bunk misinformation. Right. In other words, they don't even want you to have the thoughts, i.e., they don't want you to be able to watch War Room or listen to Joe or read Dark Aeon. Because then you can't even form, that was a good plug, then you can't even form these thoughts to begin with. We'll have Garrett Venturi joining us after the break and Joe Allen to walk through all the scary things that the military doesn't just want to do abroad, but right here at home in the palm of your hands, because apparently we're violating social norms here in the war room and the Pentagon's very upset. We'll be right back. Do you get the feeling that the unthinkable is going to happen soon? Well, I do. But between the distractions and smoke screens in the media, we probably won't see it coming. That's why it's smart to invest in emergency food right away. As they say, it's better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. My Patriot Supply is the nation's leader in high-quality emergency food. Let me repeat that. My Patriot Supply is the nation's leader in high-quality emergency food. Head to MyPatriotSupply.com and prepare today with emergency food that will stay fresh for up to 25 years. Enjoy a wide variety of delicious food kits offering over 2,000 calories every day for optimum strength under stress. And don't forget about water filtration and purification products. These are perfect for your bug-out bag, survival supply, or your camping pack. One thing is for sure in this world. We all need to stock up before panic sets in. Order by 3 p.m. and your items ship the same day. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. That's MyPatriotSupply.com. It's time to prepare for what is coming. So prepare with the best. MyPatriotSupply.com. Take action, action, action. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Welcome back to the War Room. And it's a very special show today because it is the end of National Truck Driver Appreciation Week. And with all the craziness that Joe Biden is throwing our way and the uncertainty of the economy, we definitely thank our wonderful and lovely truck drivers who keep this country, keep our supply chains going. I also love trucker hats, of course. And that's all the more reason that you need to be going to birchgold.com slash Bannon because who knows what the heck our elites are saying to us about the economy. We know with managed decline, they're probably purposely trying to tank it, if not inflate it. So you got to take into your own hands agency over your own financial situation. And the best way you can do that is with information and knowledge that you can get from the end of the dollar empire. I guess it's a four-part series now. That's exciting. you got to get the latest iteration, the latest development in what is just a wonderful piece of writing by my superior, Stephen K. Bannon. Um, but talking about timing and the importance of all that, 
not just, you know, you got Kevin McCarthy now kind of slow rolling out of potential impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden. He said that before. We'll see if this one actually sticks. But amidst all that talk, we also have Hunter Biden being indicted on felony gun charges. Of course, as Donald Trump is surging in the polls and the Trump campaign is just really going as strong as ever. Joining us to discuss that as someone who Donald Trump is always putting out on True Social whenever he comes on the show, so that's how you know he's a good guest, but is a good friend of mine, that is Garrett Ventry, who's going to unpack what's the latest in the poll landscape. But before we get into that, uh, Garrett, I'd love to get your thoughts on the Hunter Biden indictment, but most pressingly, why now? Why are they choosing to indict him now? And why gun charges? Why not, you know, one of the dozens of other possibilities that they could have justifiably gone after him for? Well, Natalie, always good to, to be on with you and an honor to call you a friend. Appreciate you having me back. Um, I think it's very interesting here, like you said, with the gun charges, because Chairman Comer pointed this out in a press conference. He was doing a press cackle outside the Capitol, and he said it's the one charge that does not link to Joe Biden. And so it seems that's exactly why, obviously, the Biden Justice Department would bring these charges. And you've got to remember, too, if you take a step back, the U.S. attorney who was then appointed as a special counsel, David Weiss, he was handpicked by two Democrat senators from Delaware. And so it's not shocking that he would try and shield Joe Biden. Um, again, you got to remember, if you even look at the original plea deal, not only did, did they try to not give him any jail time for, you know, illegally possessing a firearm while on narcotics, they tried to not give him any jail time for tax fraud on hundreds of thousands of dollars, things that Democrats are deeply opposed to, obviously, but now they're silent because it's Hunter Biden, who is somebody else. They would obviously be condemning them, especially if they were Republican. But they tried to give him a backdoor pardon on future charges to do with probably foreign business dealings with China, with Russia, with Ukraine, where he got, you know, millions of dollars profiting off and using uh, his father's position as vice president. Again, Devin Archer, the firsthand witness, who was a business associate of Hunter Biden, said he was the brand that was being sold. Uh, Joe Biden was to foreign business entities. So that's why I think they only brought the gun charges here, Biden's DOJ, is because, again, the tax charges and certainly the foreign business relations get very close to Joe Biden, his knowledge, his involvement, and even potentially shifting policy. And what I mean by shifting policy, if you look at the Ukrainian prosecutor, for example, remember, he was investigating Burisma, why Hunter Biden was getting a million dollars a year from them. And he's getting pressure, Hunter was, from executives of that company to, quote, call D.C. to try and make something happen. And again, Joe Biden then engaged both in a private and a public pressure campaign to make sure that prosecutor was fired. And we later learned, this is the last thing I'll say, in 2018, the Council of Foreign Relations, Joe Biden, you know, joking around, but very publicly said he held up $1 billion in aid threatened to contingent on firing the Ukrainian prosecutor who was investigating Burisma, the country, or excuse me, the uh, company that Hunter Biden was sitting on that board. So again, all these financial transactions get closer to Joe Biden, which is why the impeachment inquiry is very necessary. 
The only thing that makes me not want to believe the uh, whole Atlantic, you know, tape with Joe Biden talking about the Ukrainian aid and withholding it is that he's only talking about one billion dollars with the numbers we've been talking about now. That's just a drop in a very large and very corrupt bucket. But, Garrett, before we let you go, you're always you always have your, your thumb on the pulse, the national pulse of uh, polls when it comes to President Donald J. Trump and how he is just full spectrum dominating them, a complete surge. Uh, if you could walk the audience through some of the latest developments, why the globalists in the DeSantis, Bush, Romney, Haley, you name it, camp are so upset that Donald and, and let me give a shout out. I know Steve would kill me if I didn't to uh, the Murdochs because I know they're probably pretty pissed off, too. Uh, but how Donald J. Trump is just killing it in the polls. Well, exactly. I think one interesting about President Trump, he's the only president that ever donated his salary to the people. Right, which is very impressive, obviously. And, you know, everybody else needs a salary to do the job. He didn't need the job. But if you look at the polling, uh, if Fox News poll that came out yesterday shows President Trump dominating by 47 points on Ron DeSantis. It shows him beating Joe Biden by two points in that same poll. And I think the most interesting thing in that poll, it shows that he's gaining steam with Hispanic voters, black voters, suburban women, women generally and people over the age of 45. And those are all categories that Joe Biden is bleeding out with. So Donald Trump is dominating the Republican primary and is certainly most, you know, the best position to take on Joe Biden and defeat him in 2024. Garrett Ventry, as always, thank you for joining us. If people want to stay up to date with everything you're working on, your analysis, where can they find you? What are your coordinates on social media? I am on, obviously, the Great Truth Social created by our great president, Donald Trump, at Garrett Ventry. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, all of it at Garrett Ventry. Uh, I would recommend following Natalie, though. She has better takes than I do. But thank you for having me on, Natalie. Always great to be with you. <laughs> great takes, a lot of pink content. Garrett, thank you so much for joining us. And... I don't know if you guys saw, but the other day, I think two days ago, Kevin McCarthy tweeted out a picture of his meeting with Elon Musk and a little cutesy picture of the two of them. That was a total Steve phrase. He would have used the same adjective to describe it. And he said, I told Elon Musk that he'd probably have a better deal with the DOJ if he changed his last name to Biden. Wow, Kevin McCarthy, you're so funny. If only you had power to actually do something and defund the DOJ and strip them of their funding so they can't continue to weaponize against the very American people that you're supposed to be protecting and defending. But instead, you're giving them and continuing to give them billions of dollars and give the FBI a brand new headquarter that's larger than the Pentagon. But keep it up with the cutesy tweets and use F-bombs in your little secret meetings with your conference. You're not fooling anyone. As Steve said, and I'll echo it, dump him. You're low T. You don't deserve to be Speaker of the Republican Conference. You're controlled opposition, and that's why we haven't seen any, anything happen. And I won't hold my breath, and the war room posse knows it, and that's why we will continue to light up the phone lines, not just of you, but of all of the people who are also in your controlled opposition camp. I think I should wear graphic tees more often on the war room at Steve's request. Now, Joe Allen. Yes, Natalie. I won't ask you about Kevin McCarthy 
Uh, we can talk about we can, Kevin McCarthy. We can. He might be Kevin AI. He's, he's so, uh, you know, he's so weak and so low T. Maybe he is AI. Well, he's talking about. Yeah, he also sent out a, a tweet that was, you know, devoid of cleverness. He was talking about the response of Congress to the AI revolution. Either we can t- seize it and and see it through, something to that effect, or we can stand in its way. And I, I think that. Leaders like Kevin McCarthy and uh, pretty much most of the Congress, people uh, unlike uh, Josh Hawley, who has said continually he wants to protect the people from these companies, these guys seem very ready to allow these companies to dictate what the policy is going to be. Is it going to be protection or is it going to be, you know, basically um, regulatory capture? I think that that's exactly what we're seeing right now. But, but uh, speaking of privacy, which Hawley is a champion of, and a few others, Um, this notion of AIs crawling over social media, crawling over private communications, and identifying different elements in the communicant's personality, in the message itself, even the emotions that these people feel. When these stories get broken, uh, people oftentimes freak out for about two seconds. They're like, oh my God, they're watching us. They can see what we think. They can blah, blah, blah. Yeah, they've been able to do that for a long, long time. If you're not using a VPN, if you're not using end-to-end encryption, uh, if you're not uh, in some ways kind of coding or shielding what you are putting out in your data exhaust, uh, then yeah, they can see straight down into your soul. And even if you do that, there are a number of ways to, if you really want to get at a person's motivations, their personality, uh, you can surveil them. You can use AI to create a very detailed profile. And uh, that's the root of a lot of the psychological operations we see right now. So how does that make you feel about your uh, your black monolith, your 2001 black monolith? We should go back to Y2K era for a host of other reasons, not just the fashion and the pink, but I'm very anti-phone. I'm, I'm a Luddite. I always say that, but I'm sure the audience doesn't actually care about my personal lifestyle choices. So I want to ask you about another story that has to do with really what I think is the word of darn decade, which is disinformation and misinformation. Um, So sort of a similar tangent to what we were talking about before, how we really see our own Pentagon, I would argue, weaponizing against us, but how the the Special Operations Command is now using AI to sort of either debunk, pre-bunk, or post-bunk, whatever bunk we're, level of bunk we're on, um, disinformation on social media being shared by Americans. Uh, yeah, there are, I guess the, the, the central point I want to drive home is that there are many such programs, and this is really not new. This is just the latest iteration. So uh, the first is Argus. Uh, Gateway Pundit actually broke this story uh, last week, I believe it was, and Argus, produced by Accrete AI, Uh, What it does is it scours social media and the Internet in general. What it's looking for is disinformation, whatever has been tagged as disinformation. It's also looking for the explosion of deep fake activity. And it's also geared to produce automated responses, basically to put out the fire of disinformation or deep fakes with a rapid fire response of automated tweets, let's say, or automated posts or even automated web pages updates, things like that, right? And so what this means is, again, this is just one of many, um, but what it means is that it's, it's, it's part of, you could say, the digital immune system of the regime. And it's, it's ostensibly used for 
surveilling foreign populations, uh, our foreign populations being riled up by disinformation uh, involving American interests. But we well know that anything that is deployed overseas will be deployed on political enemies here. And uh, much as I hate to admit it, I believe that would be us, you and me, and everyone listening tonight. Well, I think we've done such a good job and just in general independent media, especially post-2020 election cycle, exposing the disinformation racket, the censorship industrial complex, the absurdity and conflicts of interest held by the fact checkers. And I think the government originally had outsourced, right, the fact checking operations, the combating misinformation, the whole censorship aspect to these sort of third party NGOs because they legally couldn't do it. But now I think we've shined and exposed them such a light. Um, the nefarious activities that are going on there. I think the next step to sort of get even more distance between them and these just horrible actions that are so contrary to the First Amendment is now they're going to start outsourcing it to AI, right? Because it's not Absolutely. a person doing it. It's not an NGO. It's an algorithm. Uh, and good, good news, though, Natalie. Uh, Argus is going to be available for civilian use, so you, too, can have your own personal surveillance AI. Well, I'm going to have to censor you right now because we're going to break, so you have to stop talking. But we're going to be back in, like, 90 seconds or so. And we're going to keep talking to Joe about Dark Aeon, which if you haven't bought, you should go buy in the break because it's a great book. And we'll be right back. If you're sick and tired of the globalist leftist takeover of America's corporations, go to PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon and support a company that actually believes in America. For 10 years, Patriot Mobile has been America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. Let me repeat, America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. And when I say only, trust me, they're the only one. Glenn Story and the team have been great supporters of this show, which is why I'm proud to partner with them. Patriot Mobile offers dependable nationwide coverage, giving you the ability to access all three major networks, which means you get the same coverage you've been accustomed to, without funding the left, without funding people that hate you. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, you're sending the message that you support free speech, religious freedom, the sanctity of life, the Second Amendment, and our military veterans and first responder heroes. Their 100% U.S.-based customer service team makes switching easy. Keep your number, keep your phone, or upgrade. Just go to PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon or call 878-PATRIOT, P-A-T-R-I-O-T, 878-PATRIOT. Get free activation today with the offer code Bannon. We need to stand together and support companies that share our values. PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon or call 878-PATRIOT. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Welcome back to the War Room. We're in the final block. Time flies when you're having fun. It's always fun to have someone in the studio with me. Thank you, Joe Allen, for writing Shotgun. But if you want to take your economic future into your own hands and out of the cold, dying hands, maybe that's a little too harsh, of Joe Biden, uh, the managed decline hands of the regime, you got to go to birchgold.com slash 
Bannon, I believe. Maybe it's slash War Room. I should know that, but I think it's slash Bannon. Uh, to get the end of the dollar empire, get the fourth version. Steve is such a wonderful writer. And if you want to understand all of the economic stuff, which believe me, makes the Republicans and Democrats, all the establishment members of Congress and just these elected officials so mad that you know what's up, you know their lies, you can see through their BS. You've got to get the end of the dollar empire to be able to read so you can be up to date on all the information that they don't want you to know, or in the words of the Pentagon, keep on violating those social norms. That's a interesting euphemistic spin I've heard for, let's be real, what are they talking about? The MAGA agenda. Uh, but Joe, we were talking in the break. Now, we're, we will get back to the disinformation stuff if, if time sure. allows, but... Because I guess I maybe really want to lose my job. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I would love to get your take. We were talking very briefly about EMFs, about all that good stuff. I want you to first walk us through what exactly EMFs are, but specifically through the lens of just how Big Pharma lies to us about the side effects of their vaccines. Big food, big ag lies to us about what to eat and what's healthy. You know, the cell phone industry has the same level, if not larger, lobbying industry here in Washington, D.C., too. And they're definitely obscuring, I would argue, some of the side effects of whether it's cell towers, EMFs, cell phones. They've done studies on the effects on your health, your reproductive health. So you're the guy, I think, who would know the most about it. And I'm sure you get into it a little in the book. But since it's Friday afternoon, can you tell us a little bit about EMFs? Sure. Uh, EMF, electromagnetic frequencies. Uh, cell phones do emit a, a dangerous amount of radiation. So as you put it next to your head, it's undoubtedly irradiating you, whether it's going to cause cancer or not. That's uh, not really known from a uh, you know, case-to-case basis, but the, a lot of the studies I've seen, and it's been a while, so I apologize for not having the, the chapter and verse ready for you, but a lot of studies have shown that they've looked at people who have had tumors on one side of their head rather than the other, and one, say, the left side of their brain rather than the other, and it overwhelmingly corresponds to the side of the head they hold their phones, if you hold with your left hand, it, it will, the tumor will tend to be on the left side. It's, uh, there's a lot of not one-to-one direct evidence, but there is a lot of evidence that uh, your phone is causing cancers in some cases, that it's uh, either killing or mutating the sperm, turning them into um, little zuby baby makers. And um, is that is that kosher? That's probably not. A, that's probably against the social norm or another. But um, I think really though, Natalie, the one thing that is unquestionable is that a uh, the smartphone dependency has made people dumber. Uh, B the smartphone dependency has in essence uh, replaced a lot of human cognition with algorithmic cognition. A lot of the cognition you would use to find your way to a certain place or to make decisions about uh, even something like a marriage or a job uh, or just where you're going to eat. Uh, Everything that a a person who is completely cyborged out on their phone, everything they do is filtered through these algorithms. And so bringing us to see surveillance, all of it, unless you take measures against it, all of it is being surveilled. And you can't, no person can go through all of this, right? So the only way to do it is to use AI. Uh, Argus was one. Uh, and then another story that got broken, um, uh, this came out in, uh, over the summer, about sentiment analysis modeling. Uh, this came out of an Israeli team at Ben-Gurion uh, University in Israel. It was funded, of course, by the Pentagon, funded by DARPA. 
and uh, that's the agency responsible for most of the brain-computer interfacing technology we have now, the agency responsible for all the technologies in your smartphone. And, and closely linked to the origins of COVID-19, but uh, we'll save that for another episode. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, you know, a very upstanding uh, organization that has nothing but our best interests at heart. Uh, but in this particular study, what they're looking for is ways to identify someone who has violated a social norm, whether they their their text messages or their uh, their their conversations online indicate guilt that they're not actually talking about. So let's say you live in uh, Israel and you have not been eating kosher. Maybe you feel guilty about it. Uh, or you're in a Muslim, you're, you're over on the Palestinian side and you've been drinking booze. Or maybe you're an American and you've been thinking critically. You've been and, watching War Room. Yeah, in all cases, you have violated the norms of the land and that's what this is looking to do. Now you might say, well, who cares? Uh, I think that the degree of manipulation we saw during the pandemic, the degree of manipulation we saw during the election, both 2020 and 2016, and worst of all, the degree of compliance, the degree that the population, at least half of the population, uh, basically followed the propaganda like a cat following a laser pointer. All of this, of course, filtered through the 2001 Space Odyssey black monolith, causing us to evolve into fairly unintelligent mutants. Now look, the year 2001, I guess, sucks. But it was also the year I was born, so it was a, a win-lose, <laughs> lose-lose, some might say. Depends. I guess I violate a lot of social norms, but I don't think I've ever heard a better case for why you should get Dark Aeon, but more importantly, transhumanism and the war against humanity, but really just your ability to live and think freely. Now, we got about a minute and a half before okay. the show's over, so I want you to now hold the book, tell people <laughs> where they can get it, where they should go, why they should read it. Queen Bee over here. Um, so Dark Eon, you can get it wherever books are sold. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, you can get it directly from the publisher, skyhorsepublishing.com. You can find links at the top of my social media, at J-O-E-B-O-T-X-Y-Z. Uh, you can find it at the top of my website, joebot.xyz. This is the, the rallying cry against an impending technocracy, or perhaps the technocracy we already live under. Thank you very much, Natalie. Thank you. I'll hit you up on the smartphone later. <laughs> well, you know when they said it's a republic, if you can keep it, I think when our founding fathers were talking about that, I don't quite think they were talking about transhumanism and all the evil Marxists and communists we have embedded in this country, or Chinese Communist Party business partners a la Hunter Biden and Joe Biden, but I think the fundamental principles still hold true. It is a republic only if you can keep it, and the way you keep it is by calling Congress, calling your members of Congress calling your elected officials, even at the local level, getting involved, doing what you can, sharing these shows, downloading, leaving reviews, getting the word out there. Action, action, action. Because believe me, violate the social norms while you still damn can. And with that, Steve will be back for the 6 p.m. Have a good one. For War Room veterans, you know we have been all over this supply chain issue with China and medications and the uh, active pharmaceutical ingredients. China has a stranglehold on us where there's a way to break that. Jace Medical. I got an emergency medication kit from them. The FDA just declared a global shortage of medication and warned that critical antibiotics are in stream short supply across the United States. But you know that because you're a viewer or listener of the show. 
Now, here's the action you can take to correct. Do yourself and your family a favor and get your Jace case right now. It's a pack of five prescription antibiotics you'll have on hand for common emergencies. Just visit jacemedical.com. That's Jace, J-A-S-E, jacemedical.com. Take a few minutes and fill out the form. Your information will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. You'll be glad you have the Jace case. Go to Jace Medical. That's one word, J-A-S-E, medical.com, and enter code Bannon at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code Bannon at Jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. You know what the problem is because you've watched the show. You can break, you can take action and break that problem by going to Jace Medical and get your Jace case today. Action, action, action. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700 thousand Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart, And those you care about, please go to WarRoomHealth.com. That's WarRoomHealth.com. All one word, WarRoomHealth.com. Use the code WARROOM at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. WarRoomHealth, all one word, WarRoomHealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out.